2: Welcome to the
3: Wrestling DeLorean podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro, and today we have a super stacked show for you. We're going to end this week off the right way. We're going to be talking all about AEW Dynamite from this past Wednesday. But more excitingly, we're going to be talking about the March 10th, 1997 episode of Monday Night Raw. This is, in fact, the very first Raw is War episode. So you know shit's about to get crazy. But before we get into today's show, I want to thank all my fans for following from all over the world. Thank you so much for supporting and riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Without you, there is no us. So thank you for always riding and becoming a Wrestling DeLorean passenger. If you don't already, follow on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Twitter at underscore DeLorean Pod. And... Follow the goddamn Twitch. We got Twitch streams every Wednesday and Friday. We do old school Twitch streams, watch-alongs, live reviews of AEW, Dynamite, SmackDown, and Rampage. Why would you not want to be a part of that? The shit is lit. So make sure you follow on Twitch at the Wrestling DeLorean. Like I said, we have a super show, so let's cut the beat, let's cut the chit chat, and let's get right into it. Right now. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for making me a part of your Friday morning routine like you do every Monday, Wednesday and Friday here on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. We try to end the week off right. Listen, I, I didn't drop an episode on Monday or Wednesday. There was a lot of bullshit going on. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. We did do a live stream for AEW Dynamite on this past Wednesday, and that shit was lit. I want to extend my gratitude and tell everybody that I appreciate everybody who rides with the Wrestling Delorean podcast, whether it's here on the podcast, on Twitch. The love is real. The love is real. And I can't tell you enough. I can't explain enough. I can't put into words. How much all that means to me, real talk. Thank you for everybody who follows, downloads, subscribes, all that good shit. I love you guys. Ladies and gentlemen, I know I've been saying it for the last couple weeks, but the time is drawing near. In about two weeks, on threefallsbrand.com, the Wrestling DeLorean podcast will have its own merchandise. So if you want to support the Wrestling DeLorean podcast, Hit up Three Falls Brand, and if you haven't already checked out Three Falls Brand, what are you waiting for? It is the best rock and wrestling merchandise on the planet, but you know what? I ain't going to tell you why. My man Mean Gene, the co-founder of Three Falls Brand, he'll tell you why.
1: Hey listeners, this is Mean Gene of Three Falls Brand. Are you a fan of wrestling? Are you also a fan of rock music? If so... Check out ThreeFallsBrand.com for all your wrestle Punk merch. We've got tons of wrestler and band mashup designs to choose from. Whether it be RVD and Black Sabbath, Atsushi Onita and the Lower Class Brats, Doink the Clown and the Addicts, or Mortis and the Misfits, we've got you covered. Also, follow us on Instagram at ThreeFallsBrand. Again, check us out at ThreeFallsBrand.com and on Instagram at ThreeFallsBrand. Thanks and continue enjoying this episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast.
3: So, look, right now, I'm about to get into the happenings, the whereabouts, and what went down on Wednesday, right? First of all, for those who expected me to get on Twitch last Friday, I apologize. There was a lot that was going on. For those who expected me uh podcast on Wednesday and Friday, I'm keeping it real. You know what I mean? 100% transparent. There was a lot of shit going on. But, you know, I'm I'm, I'm trying my best to be as consistent as possible. Um, this, This just, you know, personal life sometimes gets in the middle of shit. But I'll tell you this. The love and support from my fans is real. It is real. The fact that yesterday I checked and I was in the top 50 on the chartable charts for Apple Podcasts. And I didn't put out a podcast is fucking amazing. I can't, yo, I can't thank you guys enough. The fact that we had one of the most lit Twitch streams last Wednesday, well, this past Wednesday for the AEW watch party got, you know, like over seven new subscribers or followers I'm Trying and get to the affiliate, you know, part soon, hopefully soon make some money off Twitch. But Just the fact that everybody came, showed love. Everybody who, you know, stopped by, was hitting up the chats. I love you guys. Real talk. But AEW, let's talk about it. Speaking of AEW Dynamite, I thought this episode of Dynamite was quite a good show. It's been a good show for the last couple months, actually. The ratings didn't think so. This was one of the lowest ratings of the year for AEW Dynamite. This might be the lowest rating since last year it was 833,000 which kind of sucks because AEW Dynamite right now hasn't hit a mill in a while and week in and week out they're putting on bangers of a show. I feel like let me get into this conversation. There's a lot of people talking about AEW not doing enough for the casuals, right? And AEW only catering to their fan base. The way I, I mean, look, my stance on that is this. You know you got a core audience that's going to support. And I feel like they want to keep that core audience happy. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with looking at your fan base, knowing your demographic, and saying, we're going to give you the best. You know what your fans like. You're going to do that times 100. For everybody who says AEW is not focusing on the casual fan, why do they have to? Why do they have to? They have a hardcore, rabbit fan base. Why not continue to cater your show to that hardcore, rabbit fan base, making them happy instead of turning them away by giving them something that may be more WWE-esque. Does anybody know the story of FMW in Japan? When the company was ran by Atsushi Onida, the company was definitely a lot more popular. And this is why the company was producing exploding ring matches, death matches, and catering to a more hardcore niche, right? Then... When Onita sold the company and the company went more mainstream style, sports entertainment style, and more casual style, what happened? The popularity of the company fell off. You know why? It was no longer an alternative. Now, let's talk about the United States. Let's talk about TNA. From 2002 to about 2009... TNA was an alternative. TNA had shit that the WWE did not do. TNA was putting on women's wrestling better than the WWE was. Everybody wants to talk about the women's revolution. TNA started that before it was called a catchy hashtag women's revolution. You know what I mean? TNA had the innovative X division, the ultimate X match, the six sides of steel, TNA was having matches like Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle producing classics. AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels. It was just an alternative. The six-sided ring, you know what I mean? When they no longer wanted to be an alternative and they wanted to compete with the WWE and try to, quote-unquote, please the casuals, that's when you saw Hogan come in. That's when you saw the ring turn back to a four-sided ring. That's when you saw more familiar faces, former WWE talent. And then what happened? It failed. Within two years, TNA was in the gutter. So, that, that if, it, if AEW is an alternative, they're an alternative to the style that the WWE has. When people say, well, AEW is not catering to the casual fan... What they're really saying is AEW is not doing a WWE style because when you think casual fans, you think WWE, you think when a casual person thinks wrestling, who's just a casual fan, they don't know what else is out there. They know the WWE. Oh, that's where, you know, John Cena, that's where Roman Reigns is. They're not thinking about the style of wrestling there. AEW is an alternative. It was called an alternative from day one. Why are people wanting to see the alternative become the same type of product as the competition? And once again, we have seen when companies are an alternative, try to quote unquote, please the casual fan. It fails. I don't think Warner Media, I don't think Turner Broadcasting has any issue with a show pulling in almost a million viewers every week. I highly doubt that they're trying to compare the ratings to the WWE's ratings. You know why? Why? Because Warner Media don't give a fuck about the war between AEW and WWE. They worry about one thing, the almighty dollar. And guess what? Right now, AEW is bringing in enough for them to be happy with. So if AEW is pleasing their network, if AEW is pleasing their fans, shit, it was announced yesterday that the pre-sale for the Forbidden Door, which is what a lot of people are getting up in a bunch about, like, oh, this is only for the nerd fans. AEW New Japan, the casual fans don't give a fuck about AEW versus New Japan. Well, guess what? 22,000 people in the United Center in Chicago sold out in 40 fucking minutes. Tell me why AEW has to cater to anybody else but those fans that are fucking supporting. I don't get the argument. AEW needs the casual fans. Fuck that. AEW is riding with the fans they got. And guess what? The fans they got is loyal. The fans they have are supporting. The fans they have is selling out 22,000 seat arenas. WWE is catering to the casual fan and they're not selling out shit. Ask them about the fake numbers of WrestleMania. They ain't selling out shit. People hate just to hate. But anyway, that, that, that that's besides the point. Let, let, let's talk about AEW Dynamite. In my opinion, it was a great show for us hardcore fans. You know what I mean? We, we had the Owen Hart Foundation qualifier matches. We had two of them. Two of them things. And both delivered. Bobby Fish and Jeff Hardy, really good matchup. I think it was a nice touch for Jeff Hardy to win. And you know why? I'll tell you why. It hasn't been mentioned on AEW. But now, out of everybody who qualified for the Owen Hart Foundation tournament, Jeff Hardy is the only man who has actually stepped in the ring with Owen Hart. So, I think with that being said, I think it's pretty cool that you have a former opponent of Owen Hart actually in this Owen Hart tournament. The match between Phoenix and Dante Martin, bro, that match was phenomenal. For those who want to, for those who enjoy that high-flying style, sit back and rejoice because that matchup was phenomenal. Ray Phoenix advancing to the next round. Definitely a good AEW show. We had Hangman Page finally return, and he cut a hellacious promo on CM Punk. And let me tell you, Hangman Page has been champion since November. This is the first time he brought the heat with the fucking mic as champion. And I'll tell you, it may be a little too late. What did CM Punk do to Hangman Page that got him so fucking mad? What did CM Punk do? We're not going to have a Bret hart Maspatory matchup. Bro, uncalled for. Uncalled for. But... I, I want to know where this story is going. What did CM Punk do that pissed Hangman off so much? It's going to be interesting because right now both are baby faces, but boy did we have a bit of an edge to Hangman Page. Also, we had a really good matchup between Chris Jericho, who's now going by The Wizard. that That's new. Chris Jericho versus Santana. Really good matchup. Chris Jericho wins. And I'm asking myself, where is this all leading to? Are we going to be getting three on five for the rest of this feud? Or are we going to have two more members or two more people help Santana Ortiz and Eddie Kingston? I said it before on the podcast. I said it on the Twitch streams. I'm going to say it again here right now. My dream team to help Santana Ortiz and Eddie Kingston would be none other than Homicide and Hernandez, the original LAX. And that five-on-five, five, that could go into fucking War Games or Blood and Guts, whatever they call it, and I would be highly satisfied. Homicide and Hernandez in AEW would be dope. But speaking of dope, can't talk about this AEW Dynamite without talking about that fire-ass main event. Now, I said it on the Twitch stream, on the Soap Picard of Honor, Ring of Honor show. I said it all the way back then in April. I said when Mercedes Martinez won the interim Ring of Honor Women's Champion that when she eventually collides with Deanna Parazu, it's going to be freaking amazing. And that's exactly what we got. We had a fire-ass match. Deanna Parazu and by the way, who made her AEW debut here, and Mercedes Martinez tore the roof off the place. And real talk, I wish we see more Deonna Perazzo on, on Ring of Honor. Yes, on Ring of Honor also, but here in AEW. She is a massive superstar. She is one of the best women's wrestlers in the world, and I would love to see her on a bigger platform. And trust me, this is coming from a diehard Impact Wrestling fan. I just feel like there's nothing left for Deonna to do. I would like to see what Deanna could do against new competitors. I would like to see Deanna versus Britt Baker. I would like to see Deanna versus Chris Statlander, Serena Deeb, Thunder Rosa, Jade Cargill, the, Tony Storm, Ruby Soho. These matches would be phenomenal. I want to see new matches for Deanna Peraza because I think that she's already done everything you could do in Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling got into the same, you know, not to go down this road, but Impact Wrestling got into the same corner that they're stuck in now with Deanna Parazu that they were with Tessa Blanchard. That's when we saw the failed Tessa Blanchard men's world title run, which I wasn't too keen on. But definitely, I think Deanna Parazu needs to take that next step and either join Ring of Honor or AEW because it's going to be fresh for her. But absolutely amazing matchup. In the end, Mercedes Martinez is your... New undisputed Ring of Honor Women's Champion. Altogether, this show was good. The show was good. It, it, it's not the best show. It hasn't been, you know. It, it's not better than last week's or a couple weeks before that. But I'll tell you this: it's solid. It's solid. And right now, if AEW is just hitting solid and having put on having them put on great shows week in and week out, is definitely building the aura around the whole company. I just feel like at this point, like I said in my rant before, fuck it. You know what you guys are doing. You guys are cycling out talent. You guys are putting on fresh matches week in and week out. We got dream matches, fresh opponents, fresh faces. Keep doing what you're doing. I don't know about everybody else, but I'm sure I'm enjoying it. It seemed like everybody on the Twitch stream on Wednesday enjoyed it. Keep doing what you're doing. Got a fan in me. Ladies and gentlemen, when we come back from this commercial break, we're going to be going all the way back to March 10th, 1997. So, strap on your seatbelt. Jump into the DeLorean, because we're about to go on a ride to Monday Night Raw. Not just any Monday Night Raw. This was the debut of Raw is War, which is the moniker of Monday Night Raw Raw. In the Attitude Era, this was when we got the titantron, the pyro, and when Raw starts to be treated like an actual big deal. So when we come back, we're going to be talking all about Raw is War for March 10th, 1997. So stay tuned.
0: Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered.
4: The man, the king, the god of this shit. Nick fucking Gaines. And you know how I start this off. Shout out to all my MDK gang members around the world. Shout out to all my boys locked up in the cells. Easter Flock. Shout out to my hate club. Rest in peace, Big Nate Hatred. And rest in peace, my brother Justice Payne. I'm sending this video to my motherfucking boy, my gang member, Mike DeNiro. And Mike, I want to start this off by saying thank you, man, for repping the MDK gang the right way. I want to say thank you, like I tell the rest of the people, and I keep telling them and telling them, Mike, if it wasn't for you, or the rest of the gang, me, Nick Gage, I wouldn't be here right now, Mike and that definitely wouldn't be doing what I love. That's professional deathmatch wrestling. So I just wanted to say thank you Mike and I want to let all my MDK gang members know to go check out the Wrestling Deloraine podcast. I was on it. It was a dope ass podcast. We had awesome conversation. It was one of my favorite podcasts I did and I don't do and I've done some big ones, and this one was one of my favorites, so go check out the Deloraine podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, they do this shit three days a week, so from the king of this shit, from the god of deathmatch wrestling, go check out the Deloraine podcast. And remember, they do it three times a week. They ain't slacking. They're on top of their game. They do it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you know what it is. It's MDK all fucking day. And Mike, I would love to be on your podcast again, man.
3: gentlemen, we are finally here. The March 10th, 1997 episode of Raw is War. The debut of Raw is War. The debut of the more attitude-driven Monday Night Raw. We are two weeks away from WrestleMania 13, which we definitely will be discussing here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. But this is a super stacked episode of Raw, and we're going to be talking all about it right now. We are two weeks away from WrestleMania 13, And there's a lot of fallout on this show that has heavy implications for Wrestlemania. So let's get into it. March 13th, March 10th I should say, 1997 episode of Raw. Raw is war, we are finally arrived to the Attitude Era. This is what I've been waiting for since I started this journey. Shout out to the debut of the very first Titan Tron 2, Nostalgia City. Starting the show, Psycho City comes out, well by the way, by the way, this is the first time we had massive pyro in a firework show for Monday Night Raw 2. Starting the show, Psycho Sid comes out. He is interviewed by JR. He says that tonight he'll be teaming against, man. well, he'll be teaming with The Undertaker against Mankind Invader. But he thinks that maybe Undertaker is still under the spell of Paul Bear. And this is just going to end up a trap for Psycho Sid and eventually be just a three-on-one assault tonight. He says either way, he will take out the Undertaker at Mania. Undertaker comes out. Taker says if Sid is scared, say he is scared. He said, Sid, you don't make sense. Taker says he will deal with Vader and mankind himself. And Sid, enjoy your last few days as champ because at WrestleMania 13, you're going to rest in peace. Sorry about that. Anyway, Paul Bear comes out, you know, with the Oh Undertaker. Tonight, Mankind and Vader will destroy you once and for all. Yes. Then at this point, Vader and Mankind attack Undertaker and Sid from behind. Sid and Taker clear house. Then Taker and Sid stare down. They're on a collision course for WrestleMania 13's main event. And now the first matchup on the show the first matchup on the well in the raw is war error is Rocky Maivia versus a jobber. <laughs> she comes out before the matchup and along with Bob Backlund and the Sultan and he announces that the Sultan will be facing Rocky Maivia for the IC champion at WrestleMania and the Sultan's going to destroy Rocky Maivia for that title. The Rock wins his match against the Jobber. The Salton then attacks Maivia. Tony Atlas comes out and makes the save. The former partner of The Rock's father, soul man, Rocky Johnson. Really cool to see Tony Atlas and Rocky Maivia here. We then get the stars of Triple out in a special six-man tag. It is Piroff Pentagon Sr. We literally just talked about Pentagon Jr. on AEW, but Pentagon Sr. and Heavy Metal versus octagon latin lover and one of my favorite luchadors of all time the uncle of angel garza the legendary hector garza this was raw's answer to the wcw cruiserweights i'm guessing crowd unfortunately was not so behind this and also we got a scene where the uh security was escorting china out of the crowd i feel like you know, when you got international talent, especially from another company, when you got another company lending you talent, you got to show them respect or they're not going to want to lend talent again. Nonetheless, good matchup. The baby faces won the matchup, which was Octagon, Latin Lover and Hector Garza. But I wish that the crowd was a little bit more behind us. I don't think they necessarily knew what the hell they were watching, because if I was there, I would have been like, yo, this is dope. Anyway. We have an Ahmed Johnson squash match. The Nation of Domination comes out and they says that at the street fight, they're going to leave Ahmed Johnson dead. Now, what I'm about to say is not what I think. You know what I mean? These are not my views. These are not my words. But, quote unquote, Farouk called Ahmed Johnson an to Uncle Tom who is just trying to please the white man and he's going to beat the black off of him. That was quite controversial for the time. I'll tell you that much. Quite controversial today if that shit was said on uh, Monday Night Raw. Ahmed Johnson announces that at Mania, he is joining forces with the Road Warriors, the Legion of Doom, and they're going to take out the Nation of Domination at WrestleMania. We then get a tag team title matchup between Owen Hart and the Bridge Bulldog versus the Blackjacks. We see Taz backstage, and he says that if King keeps running his mouth, he will be dealt with. Jerry the King Lawler then says he looks a lot bigger on the Lucky Charms box, which does not sit too well with Taz. Anyway, the match is thrown out with a DQ in the Blackjacks and Owen Hart and Bulldog refuse to leave the ring. Five count DQ. We have a brawl between them. And as all this is going on, Taz comes out and he confronts Jerry the King Lawler. And these two are face-to-face, throat-to-throat, holding each other's throat craziness. You know what I mean? The ECW locker room empties out. It is announced that Oh, by the way, before these guys could kill each other, we randomly get Sabu in the ring. He goes and does a flip dive and lands through a table, missing everybody. The ECW locker room empties out. It is pandemonium. It is announced that next week it's Bret Hart versus Sid in a cage match for the WWF champion, one week away from WrestleMania. And what does this mean? It means if Bret Hart wins his matchup and becomes the number one, well, becomes the... WWE champion. The matchup between him and Stone Cold Steve Austin will then be the main event for the title, not Sid and Taker. Jerry the Kid, well, Jim Ross brings out Ken Shamrock and announces that he will be the special referee for the submission match between Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania. Ken Shamrock says that he will be fair and call it right down the middle. Stone Cold confronts him and says that Bret's title shot is bullshit and he hopes that he wins so he has a matchup for the title against Bret but he says that he's going to stomp out Brett. he'd stomp out Sid, and he said he'll stomp out Ken Shamrock if he has to, just to become the next WWF champion. Bret Hart then comes out and he talks about being screwed. He says a lot of people say, I cry my way to the top. Well, I guess crying is how I'm getting this title shot next week. He will be walking out of Raw next week as the WWF champion. Next, we got The Great Debate. WWF versus ECW. A debate between Paul Heyman, aka Paulie Dangerously, and Jerry the King Lawler. This shit got heated like a motherfucker. The ECW locker room comes out squatted up. Jerry the King Lawler is berating ECW and the style of wrestling. King goes over his time, so Paul Heyman tells him to shut the hell up. He says that he says a lot of crazy lines. He says if you want to shoot King, how's things going at the Seesaws of Louisville? If you know, you know, that shit was a dinger. You know what I mean? One point, actually two points for Paul Heyman for that one. Anyway, the ECW locker room empties out. Tommy Dreamer says if King wants to go to war, he will show them how to bring a fucking war. Everyone starts to chant that they want a war. They start to surround the King and Paul Heyman's trying to carry, hold him back. Craziness, craziness, craziness. Main event time, we have Mankind Invader versus Sid and Undertaker. Mankind and Vader win when all hell breaks loose, and Undertaker and Sid start to fight each other. Yo, at one point, Undertaker chokeslams slams Psycho Sid, and then he does a fucking crazy ass plancha onto Mankind and Vader. But then Mankind takes out uh then Sid takes out Undertaker, his own partner, with the power bomb. Mankind pulls out Sid, and Vader hits the Vader bomb for the pin. One, two, three. Psycho Sid and Undertaker Brawl for, and have a big pull apart at the end of the night craziness. Yeah, this all Raw was crazy. This all Raw felt like something special. Go out of your way to watch the March 10th, 1997 episode of Monday Night Raw. We had the addition of AAA talent. We had ECW on the show. We had a hell of a main event. You don't want to miss this. We are two weeks away from WrestleMania 13, and I can't wait. Thank you, everybody, for enjoying the Wrestling DeLorean podcast today. I hope everyone has a great weekend. Tune into Twitch tonight. Don't want to miss out on the Twitch stream tonight. We have a great stream. We're doing SmackDown, Rampage, watch-alongs. We also might throw in a couple classic matches. You don't know what we do. It's all unpredictable, but you got to join to find out. I love you guys. Stay strong, stay safe, stay positive, and make sure you're here on Monday for the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Peace out.
2: That get tough in the hood till the wolves come. Bitches let a drink in the club till the wolves come. Surrounded by the sheep in the street till the wolves come. Everyone strip on the floor. We the wolves done. Who can fuck with De Niro? I got a Snyder extender clip, so who
0: wanna play hero? Go bad shit like Ozzy. I was born in the darkness. Oh, you the wolf till we
3: pull up and you're harmless. So pray to of Oliver Don, of the top shotter, the top spot, final
2: boss you cross, that's when your ride stop, Basia with that white chalk, triggers, finger streets, why leave your brains on the sidewalk? Niggas that get tough in the hood, to the wolves come, bitches let a drink in the club, to the wolves come, surrounded by the sheep in the street, to the wolves come, everyone strip on the floor, the wolves come, heard them got them niggas, they be moving in the pack, think the shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back. Summertime, better be careful where you at. No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack. Dippin', creepin' through the night, it's precise. Catch a nigga slippin' for his ice, worth your life. Answers, yes, well, did nigga pay your price. Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight. South Bronx, midnight. Niggas moving packs, cause they hunting. I'm moving packs of that onion, but probably packin' up aight, something. Aight, Catch aight. him slippin' with them codes and he ain't tellin' us nothin'. Catch a nigga foolin' twice, and then I'm pressing that button. Send his ass away, permanent vacation, start bluffin'. Must've moved to Honolulu, changed his name to make lovin' said you know what you know that's for the back to remember and if a nigga leaking these we gotta Niggas say the dead don't talk, but that money do. If I put a hole in his melon, I bet his honey, do. Shorty keep crying and screaming like that's helping you. Bullets gave his brain a period for that decimal. Niggas that get tough in the hood. Bitches let it drink in the club. Surrounded by the sheep in the street. Everyone
0: strip on the floor. Heard them got them niggas, they be moving in the pack. Think the
2: shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back summertime better be careful where you're at no matter addy nigga we gonna get you where you lack dipping creeping through the night is precise catch a nigga slipping for his ice worth your life it yes well then nigga pay your price right or wrong when you see the
1: moon it's on sight. how powerful is cox internet so powerful that one day Expressing your love can look many different ways. And with the right jewelry gift from Blue Nile, it can truly sparkle. Blue Nile's collection of classic diamond jewelry makes for the kind of gift that speaks volumes without saying a single word. Or switch things up with a sapphire piece sure to spark conversation. Either way, Blue Nile's diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Express yourself with Blue Nile, the original online jeweler, at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.